Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. What's up, everyone? You're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. This episode, I sit down with Scott Munro of the AS Roma podcast, The Magicast, to talk about Jose Mourinho, Tammy Abraham, and the best pre-match food you can buy in Rome. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. And today, listeners, I'm joined by the host of a long-established AS Roma podcast, La Magicast. Have I got that right? You have, yes. Fantastic. It was founded in 2010. They've got nearly 150 episodes in their catalogue, which is more podcast appearances than the legend that is Matteo Brigi of FIFA 2003 fame as appearances for Roma. Uh, Scott Munro, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me and thank you for sliding into my direct messages yesterday while I was, in, while I was working in the office yesterday. <laughs> got, you know, keeping that professional vibe, you know, just yes. uh, you know, here's yes. a collaboration opportunity. Yeah. Oh, did you ever get to experience the uh, 97 rated Brigi on FIFA 03? Uh, oh, God. Yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> where was where was he in 03? Because I don't think he was at Roma. I but... think he might have been at Parma. Parma, yeah. Uh, I remember in, in, in his latter years with Roma, and he actually became a very dependable midfielder. A really good player. I really liked him, but I think age caught up with him at the end. But no, I remember him from, uh, it might have been his bar- Parma, maybe his Bari days, if my memory's not spoken. Uh, uh... I mean, the poor lad, he, he had a pretty reasonable career. I mean, yeah. but he's kind of forever known as that random player on FIFA who had a 97 rated. Yeah, mm. oh, it's, I mean, like, it's yeah. like the Wonder Kids on um, Football Manager, isn't it? Oh, yeah. There's some men, many a legend I've got in my uh, previous teams that did nothing in real life. But yeah. to me, legends, legends. I mean, Brigi got two trophies at Roma, one at Juve. And of course, obviously, he's up 2004 under-21 European Championships with Italy. And to be fair, that's more than Antonio Di Natale ever won. Oh, Di Natale, what a player. You're, you're going back to, to fandom. Yeah. Oh, the legend that won nothing. And I feel yeah. so sorry for him because he was just outstanding as a forward. He just scored. That was his job. Prolific. Amazing. Oh, what a shame that he never picked up that medal for anything. But someone who did pick up medals... Roma. I mean, their recent success on the European stage. I don't. I don't think there's been a better time to call you up and have a chat. No, no. Your mood has got to be buzzing. You know, when that full-time whistle blew in Albania, confirming Roma's first ever European trophy. How were your emotions over the course of the final, from that first minute to the 90th? Well, I was pretty calm throughout Wednesday at the final whistle. Uh, there were there were some emotions. Um, it made up. It made up for a certain penalty shootout last Thursday. If anyone who follows me on social <laughs> media and we talked about this in direct, I'm I'm a Swindon Town fan. I've been a Swindon Town season ticket holder since '94, and seeing uh, the scenes, what also what happened after the final whistle at Vale Park last week was pretty sickening, and it's a, a sad sight of what we're we're coming in to the end of the season. But I digress. I digress. Uh, no, it was really, really, really positive. Really, really great news on Wednesday. Really. I'm still on cloud nine. I woke up early Thursday morning to go to to work in the office for the two days in the week that I 
I asked for, and I was absolutely buzzing. I've still got a massive smile on my face now. <laughs> I still can't believe what happened. Um, to come as far as Roma have did this season, especially after the 6-1 defeat against Bodo Glimt in Norway, and there is a caveat as they actually returned to Norway in April and lost 2-1 with a late goal, but absolutely floored Bodo Glimt in the second leg for nil. Um, Zaniolo, the, the match winner in, in uh, on Wednesday, scored a hat-trick. And I was thinking, we we answered these questions on our podcast going, when did you feel that Roma would have won it? Had it? Uh, sorry, when did you think Roma had a chance to win it? Sorry. And I was thinking then, and then I was confident going to the Leicester game. And then there were some hairy moments, I'm not going to lie, in the final game when they hit the post twice and... Rui Patricio made a save, but I was buzzing. Uh, it's been 14 years since Roma's last trophy, which is a Coppa Italia trophy, but I'm so happy. Uh, Jose's coming, and uh, it's been up and down, but I think the last three, four months, you've seen the real Jose, and he's real stamped his authority on the side, and oh, I'm still buzzing now. I'll probably be buzzing all through the summer into next season. I, mean, I, I Personally, I did watch the game. I, You know, I absolutely love Zaniolo. I, oh, he's, he's a good player. He's a great player, but he's, he's had really I know two horrible knee, knee oh, injuries. Yeah. I've seen, when I saw him play, I, I kept an eye on him because I thought this guy, he just plays and he enjoys football. He reminds me of like how you, how I used to see Kaka and Ronaldinho, obviously so different, but as in that enjoyment in the game and to have back-to-back knee issues, we know how those can be career enders. Mm. It's just nice to see him, back on the stage and hopefully he's, he's game slightly adjusted I've, I've noticed since yeah. his knee injuries as you'd expect but it's just great to see a player back doing what he loves and another one Spinazzola oh, back doing yes. what he loves and it's just that I, I, as a neutral fan I love seeing that myself I mean the reason I was so keen to invite you on onto the show was that it's of course that Chelsea connection that you've just yeah. mentioned with Mourinho you know Roma have this season They've got, they've got a special one at the helm. And, of course, an incredible top-class Cobham graduate, Tammy Abraham, leading that line. Yeah. When they both were signed up in the summer, especially the fee of four, 40 million euros Tammy cost, was there doubt that he could lead the line for Roma like Edin Zeko had done? Uh, no, not for me. I can, like, I've watched Abraham through the years, um, including his loan spells at, what, Swansea, Aston Villa, the horrible team down the road for me in Bristol City as well <laughs> but they're not really our rivals but no, I was really impressed on what I've seen this season as well with Tammy, I had no worries at all I did have a little bit worry about Jose um, about his tactics and his time away because he was 12 years away from Italy but it took time for both to adapt. Well, actually not for Jose. He won six in a row in Serie A, but he did have some sticky points. Um, and as as we don't talk on our podcast, um, you get Jose fans and Jose Mourinho fans on social media who attack you if you say anything negative and that come to fruition during during a point in the season. But on Abraham, no, no worries. Jacko was a, a loyal servant for Roma, but I think his time came. Um, he had a falling out with the previous coach, which was Paolo Fonseca, and he was on a massive wage. I think it was seven and a half million euros a year. So you've got someone who's probably 
10, maybe 12 years younger than Tammy Abraham has come in and hit the floor running after a sticky point where he struggled for the first two, three months of the season. I think people were doubting him after back-to-back poor performances against Napoli and Milan. But I think December, he's been one of the best strikers in Serie A, along with Ciro Amobile. Mm, I mean, Tammy, he was, I think he always had that, there was people would criticise him because when he was on, on loan, he performed in the championship with Bristol City and Aston Villa. Mm. He had 23 goals and 25 goals. But then when he hit the Swansea, it was five in 31. But you got to remember that Swansea side weren't, you know, they weren't at the top tier of the table. And obviously he came in with the transfer ban we had and he got 15 in the league. Mm. But obviously Tuchel didn't want him. So, well, you assume that that was why and he, he left and, you know, we put the buy back in. But this season, you, you can't say it's not been an all-round success for Tammy. And that is great for me to see as a Chelsea fan. But from your point, what can be done over the summer to improve his game ahead of the new season coming? Oh, good question. Um uh, oh, uh, maybe he's finishing a little. He has missed some good chances. He ha- he was on a hat trick against in the against Lazio in the derby. He was unplayable um, in the derby and scored two. But he did miss a, a, a couple of chances. Apart from that, nothing. Um, his all round link up play has been a massive improvement. He struggled at times during his first three months of the season because. Uh, there was an adaptation period which all players have when they move from different leagues from like you're coming from the Premier League where it's probably a bit more fast paced and a bit more gung ho and 100 mile an hour and Serie A is more tactical there's uh, there's more tactical interplay and the defenders are a bit smarter and a bit no, if I, because I apologise for swearing they're a bit shithousery as well <laughs> if anyone's watched Juve in the last few years you know what Giorgio Chiellini's like and especially in the Euros but he has adapted brilliantly his hold up play is really improved and he's linked up brilliantly with the club captain Lorenzo Pellegrini it looks like they've like embarked on a brilliant relationship on and off the pitch and him and Nicolo Zaniolo when they played have linked up really well but the problem with Zaniolo he's like blinkered I think because he's he's come off this massive injury layoff he wants to prove a lot of people wrong and there's times this season where there's been people open and he's gone for shots and where it's been blocked but I think if him and Abraham have hit it off really well. I think Tammy's hit it off with everyone at Roma. The fans love him, the club love him, everyone in Rome absolutely adores him and hopefully Chelsea don't come back in the buyback clause. Oh, you never you never know. We have a habit yeah. of doing that recently. Yeah. I, I can't blame us, but we, we make mistakes, but we're slowly learning with those buyback clauses. We're slowly learning. I will uh, I will say Chelsea probably learnt from the mistake from Tamori because Tamori's been one of the standout players in Serie A this season as well. Oh yeah, I've kept a put Milan for one of my first loves in football. That's how I got into into the game, and I keep an eye on how Milan do and see them lift the titles. It's it's amazing. I do love I love the competition that Serie A brings as well. It's it, it, recently since the Juventus domination has ended, we've seen them very competitive league which is absolutely brilliant again as a sort of neutral fan now go on i was just going to say it's it's probably going to say next year was going to be i think it's going to be more competitive i think you'll have a lot more teams going forward Mm. attacking 
Yeah, that's I think with you got into you got Milan, you got yourselves, Fiorentina, yeah. Juventus, you know. Napoli, yeah, it's gonna be like the seven sisters as they call it, all be firing on all cylinders again. I think Juve will be thinking, okay, we've seen the two Milan clubs win the back to back scudettos, both sides have won it. I think they need to spend big and get rid of some of the deadwood. But I think Serie A is going to be interesting next season. Jose's second year. And I think we've seen it all over the clubs he's been at. The second year has been the important year where you might see more success. The first year is a rebuild. They come in, buy some players, you do adaptation, maybe a tweak in the formation. And the second season is where the success happens. Yeah. Jose Mourinho, he's, he's, he's that type of personality. He always brings personality when he comes to wherever he's managing and that could be a be it a Porto, Chelsea, Inter etc. How has he bought into Roma and the eternal city culture in his first season in charge compared to his previous clubs do you feel? Uh, I think he's really really enjoyed it. Um, there's been some moments this season where I think some fans including myself and on social media have doubted him where the performances that his his Roma team have put out this season have been quite poor. So they dropped four points against the bottom side, Venezia. Um, they had a stage, I think, actually the game two weeks ago, they had 47 shots on goal and, <laughs> and drew one all. But uh, there's been times this season where Roma have been poor and that we've doubted Jose. He's not bound to criticism. We see it as it is. If fans want to criticise the manager, there is, but then we've had the backlash from the Jose fans who want to say, no, 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 he's still fantastic. And he's like, since January, February, we've seen a different Roma. He's stamped his authority. They've gone from a 4-2-3-1-2, like a, a hybrid 3-5-2, which has gone into a 3-4-2-1. And it's, the defence has been more solid. If you watch the game Wednesday, all three centre-backs were outstanding. Chris Smalling has had a renaissance since that since January, he's been one of the best top five defenders in Italy this season. Um, he's he's really stamped his authority on the defence. He's given some performances to a young Polish Italian winger called Nicholas Zaleski, who's hit the ground running and was one of the best players against Leicester. So he's invested in youth and he's given minutes to players like Felix Afina Jan as well, is the young um uh, Ghana forward who hit the ground running after scoring two goals against Genoa and hit the the, the news where Jose brought him trainers after his two goals. Um, he's still a little bit raw and I think Jose will work with him but I think overall Jose's done a really, really good job. He's embraced it. I think he's been linked with jobs with Newcastle and Everton. I think they've been rebuffed. Um, he's got a project here. I think the Freakins when they announced it last May and completely broke the internet is he's come in and delivered with a trophy in his first first season. I think that's what Roma wanted. Yeah. I mean, silverware, it's why we play, that's why they play the game and to win that, especially another, it'll be another European trophy on Mourinho's CV. Yeah. Okay. It is, it's a, it's more important to Roma fans and I totally understand that, but you also feel it means something to, Mourinho because of obviously the criticism he's received since leaving Tottenham Hotspur he, he never won anything he got them to a cup final cup but final he didn't win anything and I you, I can tell you know from the type of personality he is he wants to prove people wrong 
and he's certainly doing that with especially the Serie A. He has a lot of love for that league. Mm. Uh, you've covered Roma for, for a decade. I mean, you've seen Roma under 10 different managers. How do you rank Jose within that top 10 based on what they've brought to Roma tactically and their connection with Ooh. the fans? Oh, I think he's up there. I've only been doing the, the podcast hosting for about 13, 14 months. And we've had Fonseca and Mourinho. So what we've had, we've had Claudio. I love Claudio Ranieri, by the way. Everyone loves Claudio. Claudio, yeah. So he he got sacked. He nearly won the league in 0-9-10. He really should have won the league. And then that's the year Jose won the treble. Then we had Vincenzo Montella. Zenic Zeman, he's very 4-3-3 gung-ho. If you've a vintage Serie A follower from the 90s, he's in his 70s now, and he was very 4-3-3, attack-minded, 5-4, so what we probably say, was the Ardiles of the 90s in, in England. That attack, I think Josie's up where Rudy Garcia, who was the, he had a very good run, but sort of stagnated. I think it's between Jose and the now Napoli coach, Luciano Spalletti. But Spalletti mm. fell out with Totti. And I, you can't do, not, do that. You do not fall out with the King of Rome. No, you can't. You can't. I mean, they've, they've started calling Jose the Emperor of Rome, which I, <laughs> I get. Cause you can't. You've already got a king. Yeah. I mean, Ranieri, I, I remember the, the sign that was banner a few, quite a few years ago. It was. It read, Mr. Ranieri, in our moment of dire need, you have yeah. answered. Now you receive yeah. the homage of your people. And Ranieri's there in tears, and it's beautiful. It, it really is what he clearly means to that city. And that's the thing. It's not just the club, but the city of Rome. And that's what I, I love, that culture that the club has. Absolutely, that connection between the players, the manager, and the fan base. It goes perfectly together. Now, you mentioned him earlier, Chris Smalling, and of course yeah. now Tammy Abraham. They've been huge successes in Rome. So which British players do you feel Roma should target to add to their side this summer? Who are the names that you want to wear that iconic jersey? Oh, there's a couple of British players I wouldn't mind. To what? If someone put like an outlandish rumour, and I listen to um, a couple of podcasts, I listen to Stadio, and um, I wouldn't mind seeing Marcus Rashford in Italy. Like, That'd be a good, but I would probably like to see him at like maybe like a Napoli or like a Milan or a Roma. I think he'll do really well like there. Um, there's always been rumours of Jesse Lingard coming over to Italy, but um, uh, off the top of my head, it's probably probably Rashford I'd like to see. I do have a soft spot. He is a Chelsea player, but he's done really well at Crystal Palace. It's Conor Gallagher. I think he, I think he'd be a good player to see in Italy. But I don't know if that would happen. I know Roma are linked with a, a number ten, who's just left, just leaving Juventus. But I would love to see Rashford in Italy, maybe at Roma. That'd be quite good. I have wondered when I look at Chelsea players that could potentially go out on loan because it's realistically it would be probably a loan deal. Yeah, I see the likes of you. You could have Callum Hudson Odoi. Uh, yeah, Billy Billy Gilmore's potential yeah. if he'd fit into that team. I'm not too sure based on how Jose sort of sets up. I mean, if you were going to buy a player, you know, you've got Mkhitaryan leaving most yeah, likely. Yeah, uh, yeah, rumored to be going to Inter. Yeah. So there's a, a gap in the midfield. I mean, I doubt you're going to go for our Ross Barkley. No, but no. Maybe Hakim Ziyech. 
Ziek was linked with Roma and there was a deal in place. Totti actually said to Monchi, Mon- Monchi, I could have a whole podcast about him and how he ruined Roma. Um, he, Monchi went for Pastore, Javier Pastore instead and splurred 22 and a bit million on, on him on, on a 29-year-old and he played like 35 games in three and a bit years and now played for Elche. Ziyech would have been perfect. Um, I think it would have cost him 30 million euros, 35 million pounds around then. Uh, I like him. He's got a wonderful left foot. I remember that Ajax team. He was just the hub of that team and I think he's done okay at Chelsea and what I've seen. Um, I don't know what, what you feel if someone came calling for him in the summer well apparently Ziyech is one of those players that is available to be sold I think that of course you have to look at what Tuchel wants he's seen him for a a good season and a bit Mm. now now obviously Ziyech has had that that signing with Roma in 2018 and it fell through no one seemed to know at the time and then obviously he spoke out yeah like last year wasn't it all the year yeah I, I could sort of see it happening especially with the connection between Mourinho and Chelsea. And there's still that respect. Okay, the second season, as well, not the second season syndrome. He, it weren't great under Mourinho when he had that third season meltdown yeah. in his second spell. So not quite second, second season syndrome, but I don't, there's always that respect there. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him head over to Rome. But it's, again, we're, we're not going to, with new ownership, we're not going to gift a player. There's going to be oh, a no, no. decent fee. And, again, finances play a big part there. One player that you personally have who I've, I have championed for us to sign, but it probably won't, uh, Gianluca Mancini. He is both a top-class defender and something of, I'd say, a social media phenomenon recently. Yeah, cl- but, clips yeah. of him lashing out at teammates. Yeah, <laughs> you know, to top in the Serie A in cautions this past season. I mean, what's the real story behind his aggressive style of play? Uh, he's very touch tight. He's a very touch tight. He's very talkative. Uh, he there's some clips on Wednesday of him just acting very very strange after the final whistle. He punched Felix Afina Jan twice. He had a go at Brian Cristante. I I think he's a very odd character. Um, I think you'll like who his hero is. It's it's Marco Materazzi. Oh, wow. So it tells. He's very... A very calm-headed individual. Yeah, he's very aggressive. Um, We joke on our podcast that it's it's a miracle that he doesn't get booked in some games. He actually didn't get booked in the final and I'm, I'm amazed that it, it didn't happen, but he has his moments. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if someone comes calling for him in the next year or two, uh, probably maybe in Spain or in England where there's a bit more physicality. Um, yeah, he's a very physical defender. He's actually, it's, if you watched, if, sorry, um, if you see the assist for his goal, for Zaniolo's goal, that's from Mancini, and that's a wonderful pass. His passing's not the greatest, but that is being worked on. But there is a player there if he just sorts out his his, his rotten uh, descent record because he is. You could probably win money on him if you do gamble, but be gamble responsibly. If uh, you pick Gianluca Mancini to get booked in any games, but I like him. Um, there's a there's a 
there's a real connection. I think him and Chris Morning are really good friends off the pitch as well. They, when they first come into the club, they they sort it out. They had a really good re- relationship. But yeah, uh, it would like I said earlier, it wouldn't surprise me if someone comes calling for him. Yeah, for certain. I mean, I did see on, I think it was Sadik Adams said that he spoke to Felix Guyan yeah. about the encounter. And he personally said it wasn't serious. We joke and fight at the same. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's so it's how like he a, is. It's yeah. normal, nothing serious. And I was like, yeah. hey, that's, that's how they build friendship. Fair enough. But um, for the when it's out of context and you just see it, you think, oh, yeah. okay, you, you've won something huge. And <laughs> okay. You start you start punching your team. Um, it is broken English. He did a, he did apologise and he said that I think he posted on Felix's uh, Instagram. There's a video of them two on the plane on Thursday morning. Is he? Uh, he's like he's my little brother. He's my little brother. So yeah, I do think there's. I think what help, what helps is that with Small in that I think there's a couple of players that speak English, especially in the back line. So I think Tommy's learned Italian. I think Chris is learning it. I've heard. Chris Morn and speak Italian on the pitch, but with Mancini, I think he speaks English, so it helps him out. But yeah, he's a bit of a shit house. <laughs> I, I mean, that's that, that's again that shows that connection with the city and the club when the yeah. player goes over to to go and learn Italian. It's never no learning no any language is not easy, and it sort of shows how committed they are, which again the fans buy into and with good reason. Now. Before we we roll the credits, your your first time personally seeing Roma play was the game against Juventus. Yes, correct. Yes. If, if any listeners head to the Stadio Olimpico to catch a game, where would you suggest they go for the most authentic Rome pre-game meal, and what what, what should they order? Uh, so cacio e pepe, it's a, a pasta dish. Where where I go, I normally stay locally into the to the grounds, which is uh, is the grounds on the Ponte Milvo. Um, due to suffering from like social anxiety and sometimes like that, I struggle with venturing out out of my comfort zone. But I've enjoyed the times I go over there. But uh, the, where outside the ground, there's like bars and restaurants. And if you go to the Ponte Milvo area, there is bars and restaurants and pizzerias. There's uh, there's burger vans. They do a hamburger panini outside the ground. So if uh, two hamburgers in the panini, but oh, yeah. Wow on uh, that's really really nice i think it's like five euros and it's oh it's really it's good um cacio e pepe you can't go wrong it's pasta black pepper and cheese pecorino cheese very nice i, I have to, I've, I've only ever seen one dish get spoken about a lot and that was rigatoni carbonara okay yeah whether that's a pre-game meal i don't know <laughs> probably a post-game meal yeah you probably want yeah. to sit and enjoy that and not yeah. go all get to the ground yeah, you feel a bit stodgy, but I would recommend pizza. They do white rose and red rose pizza, and it's very nice out there. Oh, I'm a personal, personally love my baking and my cooking, and I know that I would absolutely love the food pre-game, yeah. post-game, during game. I know it for certain. Um, with that though, we, we've come to the end of another episode of At the Bridge Pod, and I just want to say a big thank you to you, Scott. Uh, let our listeners know what you've got going on and where they can find you and your your show. 
Uh, no, thank you very much for uh, for asking me to come on. It's been an absolute pleasure on this Friday evening. Um, as the football season is dwindling down, there's a couple of games left in the season. Well, I imagine our seasons is, is is all finished. As me being supporting two clubs and you supporting Chelsea. Uh, you can follow me at, at Scott underscore Munro. I tweet about Swindon, um, Swindon Town. Sorry. Uh, AS Roma, a bit of cricket. Cricket season started, so I'm off to Lords next week for the test match. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you can follow us at La Magicast, uh, and you can follow. We we will be recording like a review, um, end of season review, and we've got some pods lined up for in the summer. We we started something doing like a Roma retro. So, like I started following the club in 2004. Um, so we did like a, a season review of that season where Roma finished eighth and had four managers and it just all went down to pot. And we're doing a second part of Roma in the 90s, which ends with Roma winning the, the Scudetto in 01. Uh, so we'll have that in the next couple of weeks. And you can find, like, sorry, you can find that at, at we are at La Magicast and you can find all our work on themagicast.com. And I do some writing for like uh, Trust STFC and... Uh, uh, it's Roma 360 and then my WordPress account. Oh, wow. There's, you certainly keep yourself uh, busy. busy. Yeah. Fair, fair play. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, lockdown, like, I was going to mention this. Lockdown come like, suffer. I suffer a bit of mental health during lockdown. I'm probably not the only one. Lockdown was tough. And I found football is, and football this season is an escapism. Like, mm. and, like working from home and then going into the office and that, I just try and keep myself busy all the time, see what I can do. And it's been really helpful over the last 18 months. And I really enjoyed it. Well, that that is actually genuinely awesome to hear. It really is. And I'm sure many listeners can relate to that, especially with the lockdown and mm. how it all impacted us both on a, a physical and a mental aspect, you know. Um, obviously... Our regular listeners, they they can find ourselves on Twitter and Instagram if you do not have any follow. Just search at at the bridge pod. So till next time, listeners, that is us signing off. <laughs>